0: Hey, this is Eric Torenberg from Product Hunt, and today I'm thrilled to announce a new Product Hunt podcast called Maker Stories. While the traditional Product Hunt podcast features wide-ranging discussions with multiple people, Maker Stories will be one-on-one interviews, getting the stories of products and the people who make them. We're going to discover what inspires these makers, what they think about the world, what they grapple with. We really want to get deep with this. What Mark Maron did for comedians and actors with his podcast, we want to do for entrepreneurs and investors and doers and thinkers, creators and makers of all types of people in all types of industries. And this is the type of stuff that defines a person. You won't find it on anyone else's Twitter feed. This isn't just going to be people in tech. It's going to be people who make books, games, music, movies, vast array of different types of creators. And like everything Product Hunt-related, it's going to be community-driven. So if you want to hear a one-on-one with a specific maker, let us know and we'll make it happen. We have a lot of great guests lined up, episodes already recorded, but couldn't think of a first guest better to release for my podcast than Alex Bloomberg and the Gimlet Media team at Starter podcast. So without further ado, here's Alex.
1: I'm Alex Bloomberg uh, from Gimlet Media. Uh, Matt Lieber, Gimlet Media, and uh, you should give your title. Oh yeah, that's right. We just decided. I'm Alex Bloomberg, CEO. Oh of my Media. god! <laughs> and, what, and what did we decide you were? Uh, my official title is president. Right. That's awesome. Which yeah. Sounds like it sounds like it should be at a bank. <laughs> <laughs> so who's who's boss? <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah, just kidding. I think
2: I'm Matt's boss, and Matt's my boss.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So people know you guys from the startup podcast. People are captivated by by the startup podcast, especially product hunt users. You know. You guys have done exceptionally well. I polled earlier what uh, Protestant users want to know from you guys, uh, and I have some awesome directions I want to take this. But first, I just want to note you know, it's five forty p.m. on a Friday. We're in a dingy office. Is this Is your new office? Yes. Hey, thanks. Thanks <laughs> a lot. You're really helping
1: with the recruiting yeah. efforts. Eric. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> people look terrible. You know, people look really sad. No, I'm just joking. Uh, you know, what are you guys feeling? What are you guys, you know, currently like? What's what's most on your mind right now?
2: Well, I'm I'm having an up day. Cool. It sort of goes day by day. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like We've got two podcasts up and running. Uh, the second one is, is is doing well. Like numbers are strong. There's lots of listeners, and it, it just it's nice. The energy feels good. Like there's like um you know we have an office now with mm-hmm. with people who are really engaged in making this great content, and it's sort of the vision. You know, it's yeah. like I actually was like uh, I was yeah. like there should be a place where people can come and get good feedback and make their stuff better, and mm-hmm. you know be able to find an audience and like. Here we, it's happening. You yeah, know? so that's that, I feel I feel good. I don't know, Matt. How about you? We, usually we work against <laughs> we're <laughs> on opposite cycles.
1: That's right. Well, you, when you, when when one of us is at the top, <laughs> the other should be at the bottom, which is like big reason I think to have a co-founder yeah. in the first place is yeah. so that, like you get some uh, like equilibrium between this. Yeah, I've had a good day. You guys are very yin and yang in that way. Uh, yeah. I guess so. I don't know. In some ways, our temperaments are similar, but I think if one of us is having a really bad day or is like worried about something and comes to the other, I think there's a natural instinct to play the opposite role and be like, "No, everything will be fine." Even if inside you're like, "No, you're pretty much right. This is a this is a big problem." <laughs> yeah, and I do want to say for the listeners out there uh, and
0: potential employees of Gimlet Media that the office has a romantic dinginess to it. it yes, really. Yeah. I, I did just come from the genius office, which is like really lavish.
2: To, we'll have a lavish office one day. Yeah, yeah.
0: Things to aspire to. Yeah. Um, cool. So, taking one step back, a, a lot of users wanted to know. Products on community members want to know, Alex. What encouraged you to to start this? What did you see? You were, you know, had a comfy job. You, you know, had a project you very much believed in. What uh, What led you to to create this? I just thought that there could be more of 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 the kind of stuff that
2: I was doing you know and I felt like there was like what was happening you know you have your, This American Life you have Planet Money you have a couple sort of the independent sort of like you know Radiolabs 99% Invisible a lot of interesting sort of like things that were sprouting up but you had to hack through so many hurdles to, mm-hmm. to get to where you needed to go that way and it just felt like there's like a lot of people who were really really talented at doing this stuff or could be talented at it but there wasn't really a place sort of where they could where they could you know sort of have like a full-time job and and mm-hmm. be able to you know create the stuff there wasn't an environment you know mm-hmm. where where people could go and there's public radio there's commercial radio there's all these things that are out there um but but it wasn't none of it was like exactly what I was envisioning which was like a place that would just be focused fully on sort of like developing you know, a show and sort of really thinking through like what that show will be, giving it the resources it needs to sort of like grow into into what it can become, really think about building the business around it, building the audience for it, you know, all that sort of stuff. Like there wasn't it wasn't all in one place. And I felt like that's what we that's what I wanted to build.
0: Interesting. One of the tensions early on in startup podcast was is this a a platform mm-hmm. or is this a tech company or or a media company.
2: Yeah, that that tension's totally resolved. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, where was the latest?
2: I don't know. Matt, you want to <laughs> handle this? How would
1: you answer that, Matt? I'm actually curious. I I always thought that the way it was portrayed in in startup was like really um uh polarized and actually I think yeah. in like I, in the world we live in there is no such thing as a pure uh media company. Now, there's probably something closer to a pure technology company. And I, it was never the case that like anyone looked at us and was like, oh, those guys are going to build the Instagram of audio. That, that was the term that we used in, in startup, um, was you know, should we be the Instagram of audio? And no one, no sane person could look at Alex and I and be like, yeah, those are the guys to build the Instagram <laughs> of audio. But yeah, th- no, that that has definitely been a persistent question. Of what is the role of technology in this company? And what is the best means of distribution for Gimlet Media to you know get um get these shows out into the world. Uh no, it's like a fundamental question that we continue to wrestle with um and you'll hear it coming up more on the show. You know, we spent I say we're definitely a media company and like we're a media company um who which will be like growing uh that's very interested in in technology and And potentially, like experimenting and building, and we're definitely experimenting with and building technology that will help us do some of the things that we can't do in the world of podcasting today. We had a team from Google Ventures here uh, two weeks back, and we did a design sprint that looked at this question: What is the best like way to? um, What is the best distribution mechanism for Gimlet Media? And we're going to have a whole episode around around that on startup and like these guys the team from google ventures who are very design focused are just uh incredible like practitioners Mm -hmm. and they came like to work with them was such an extraordinary joy i don't know if you've had the experience of like when you're working with people who are like completely masters of Mm -hmm. their set of tools like watching them work and getting to work with them is a amazing thing um to To be part of so, and that whole that was again around this question. So yeah, it it continues to revisit us and yeah, stay tuned. Yeah,
0: so people ask us the same question, you know, mm-hmm. product on is it? You know, it was built in a couple of days. The first version is it a tech <clears throat> company or a media company? And Ryan has his, his, Ryan's like it's a community. <laughs> he doesn't answer the question, which is a really interesting way of. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that makes yeah. sense though. I yeah. mean,
2: I feel like what that that ultimately I mean, if you you know, our soul is like yeah. con- content, right? Yep. Like so our like that's that's what we're that is what we are right. built right now and there are a lot of platforms now. And you know what we what we need is like stuff to go on the platforms, right? right? And in a lot of the platforms that have been built there was there there was an ecosystem so for like, you know, Spotify, mm-hmm. there's a there there was and you know there was an economic system and an ecosystem of that created quality content for that platform and in podcasting like I feel like it's like it's much more like everybody's like an indie you yeah. know what I mean yeah. and there's no there's no labels there's no other sort of like there's no studio houses there's nothing else other than sort of like in, in, sort of independence out so there so you guys are going to be
0: like the first record label For I mean you would call we we wouldn't call album. ourselves a record label we
2: wouldn't call ourselves a record label because <laughs> I feel like that's like a it's not as a baggage attached but, yeah
0: because yeah. you own 80% yeah, of there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah exactly no yeah, but there's clearly room there's clearly like a lot of value and room in the world, both for like creating great shows yeah. in this medium of podcasting, which like you're you're exploring too, but, and you're, yeah. you're getting it right that uh-huh. like listeners have this intimate connection with the hosts of the podcast they listen yeah. to. That's amazing. That's why I, that's why I got into radio in the first place. Like mm-hmm. my whole background is in radio. I think that's a big reason Alex got into it in the first place too. In the digital world, there's just so much more opportunity there. Um, but there's clearly a role for like the network to play to come in and and say this is the best stuff to listen to. Right. So like if it has the G, the gimlet, what we call the copyright, which is the little G stamp that you'll see on our shows mm. in the in the icon if you're in the iTunes store or if you're using a podcatcher, like that means that we're like we're saying this stuff is really worth listening to. So we're now officially a network because we have two shows. Right. <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. um,
1: And we'll have three three pretty soon. But what we're seeing is that, like, yeah, that that works. And like Reply All, which is a show we launched uh, last week with PJ Vote and Alex Goldman, who are great. Uh, it's a show about the internet, and it's you know it's in the top ten of iTunes, and it's got a very engaged early audience. For out sure. There. And we'll hear from them.
0: How are you picking these shows? Like, do you have a big? You know, these are twenty shows we're gonna eventually have. Is it ad hoc? What do you...
2: I mean, it's uh, <laughs> uh, that is a really good question. I mean, it's like sort of the shows that we're launching right now were ones that we had been sort of like thinking about for you know a couple uh, a couple months now. And part of it is just sort of people that that I that I've known just from being in the world for a long time. You know, and once we get the, the our first three shows up and running, we're gonna be in a pretty active, trying to figure out like, okay, what's our next what's our next three gonna mm-hmm. look like and I think that's when we're gonna really be branching out and sort of like trying to sort of look under rocks and see what, like what's who where's it what's a good idea what could you do yeah. what could how could it sound different you know what who can we be looking to outside of you know sort of like the traditional home for this kind of stuff
0: yeah reply all is a is tech podcast right it's Rob a tech products.
2: podcast but it's like sort of like it's a tech podcast that focuses on on, on sort of like the, the the stories of people yeah interesting
0: yeah if if record labels are incorrect term for a lot of reasons I wonder if Accelerator in some ways is closer, certainly in fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea of
2: incubators, like, yeah. is, a, is, a, is a word that I feel like I—that's—that's that's yeah. what I feel like we're doing. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like giving people sort of like the editorial support and the financial support to
0: sort of like take their idea and sort of grow it and make it make it work. Sure. Yeah. So So uh, again, backing up, you know, Alex created this idea. Matt, were you a friend of Alex? How did this whole thing come together? Uh, I want to know like what's not on the show. You know. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing not on. Yeah, the show. Have you listened to the show? Everything
1: yeah. good. <laughs> All <laughs> the best bits are on the show. Um, how do we meet? We met yeah. through. Uh, we have a mutual friend uh, named Graham Griffith, who's uh, who is a radio guy, and he is. It was an old friend of mine who knew that I was basically like obs- uh, obsessed with this idea that there was. Uh, like, digital transition, there's, like, a digital transition happening in radio. Like, the thing that happened uh, to newspapers and the thing that happened is happening to television and film, like, hadn't really touched radio. Radio came quite late, Mm -hmm. um, but that I was, like, I was saying for years, like, this is going to happen, and now it's really happening, and, like, I think we can build a business here and do something really exciting and experiment with new forms, and, um... I had come at it more from the business angle, and and he and Graham. I think Matt, you met Graham, and we're telling him about what you wanted to do, and he's like, "Well, you've just you got to meet you got to meet Matt Lieber." Yeah, got yeah. it. And that was at the point where I'd been like very
2: clearly like I need I need a partner. Yeah, like I I like I have you know I have this theory about, but I don't I don't know how to I don't know how to do it by myself. Like I feel like I'm some kind of businessman, but I'm not like I needed like there was a lot of things that I didn't know, yeah. and I just didn't. It's just too
0: lonely, you know what I mean? Right. So. Yeah. Uh, what was your perception of the tech world when you were starting, you know, I knew, obviously, Planet Money, you knew about, you know.
2: Yeah, I didn't, but I, I wasn't, like, I, I didn't know, I don't know very much at all. Like, and I didn't know... Um, I didn't really know the difference, like what if people had said, you know, that's an angel investor and that's a right. venture capitalist, and I would have thought that they were the did same Did you know things. Chris Saka, or like how did you even get? Oh, it? I, uh, I had I had interviewed Chris Saka for a story I did a while ago on 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 Planet Money about the about the patent system, and so that's how I'd, that's how I first met him. And I met him through a re, through a reporter at NPR named Laura Seidel. So she she, she and I worked on the story together about the patent system. It was this big story that we did together, and. Uh, she and she was like one of his, she, he was one of her contacts in the tech world. And he, she was like, Oh, he has a lot to say on the patent system. So we interviewed him and he was a great okay. interview. But then that was several, that was like a right. year or two before. And then when I was thinking about starting a company, I was like, who do I know with money? <laughs> and, yeah. he was one the, and there was this guy that I interviewed a while ago. He's one of them. Everyone has just a spreadsheet yeah. out there. Who yeah. are rich, yeah. right? And I didn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I didn't. I don't I, like. I didn't like. He was my one sort of guy, and then I. Yeah. But I didn't realize like where he was sort of in the totem pole. Right. Um, so, um, does everyone have that spreadsheet? <laughs>
0: Please share it with. <laughs> I have something like I can share it with you. <laughs>
1: uh, we, we, I think you did not have that. We, we created that. We did we create created that a spreadsheet. spreadsheet, yeah, which has now become our, what we call on Google docs, our investor tracker. Yeah. And slowly everyone who didn't invest dropped off. So you build this out. You ha- now have,
0: you know, a seed round. Mm-hmm. The money's in the bank.
2: It's in the bank. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: You now have an office. My big question is how does this change where if, you know, it was an art for you and now it's a, you know, it's got to be a mega business.
2: I think there's room for art in business. There uh, is. I, you I, know, and, and, I think, um, and I think that, in fact, is what makes, like, I think there's a lot of businesses built around, I mean, art, let's not call it art, but let's call it craft. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's a lot, like, I think almost every media business is built around craft. You know, um, you know, BuzzFeed hires people who know how to write and they hire editors who know how to edit. And there's a craft to all that stuff. And there's a craft to telling a story. well. Why are you tense to mention art? uh just because i think art dresses it up a little bit more and art makes it i think art has this connotation of sort of like important but small audience sort right. of and like i don't i don't necessarily think of that what we're doing that way when i think of art i think like there's art to you know to sort of these like an a, a great action movie blockbuster you mm-hmm. know there's art to like a, an amazing Kids, you know, sort of like kids cartoon or something mm-hmm. like that, you know. So, so I guess in that sense, like I think that's what we need to we need to create. We need to create these these things that people just love to right. consume, to listen to, to engage with. That means paying attention to to the art of
0: it. Are there certain things that have come up that have you know would have been uh, you know opportunistic that you've said no, this just doesn't fit Gimlet Media in any context. <laughs>
2: I mean I think in the beginning you have to say no a lot especially in the beginning all this press comes at you all these people want to meet with you and sort of like and it's like sort of this like it's very exciting and really really like sort of heady and um, and then uh, and then you also have to get the fucking shows out the door every week you know and so like you gotta yeah so there's it just feels like we have to really stay focused you're smiling Matt Lieber
1: well yeah no I, I agree yeah how are you?
2: Are you smiling because that's what you're always telling me, and I'm always ignoring your advice? Well, no, <laughs> I here, mean, I'm just like I, talking to this guy about how like that's that's our philosophy here. I'm always saying yes <laughs> to too many things. Yeah, well, yes, yeah, so that is actually
1: one thing where you're much more prone to say yes, and I'm yeah. prone to say no, which is yeah. a good thing to have balance mm-hmm. with. And actually, that's that's a great quality to have. Before we made our partnership agreement, there's a lot of advice around starting a business, and like if you co-found a business, who should you co-found with, and all this stuff and what, like the typical advice is like only go found a business with someone you know really well. Like actually, it's good if it's someone that's your friend because like you know their habits, you know how they're gonna like perform when there's a lot of pressure, or someone you've worked with for a long time. Like don't start a business with someone you don't know. That's basically what we did. <laughs> um, is to, we didn't know each other. Uh, we knew each other. <clears throat> we had like a pretty intense period, and, and we were recording startup and all this. I only checked one reference on you.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And it was someone who Alex had, a journalist who Alex had been an editor for, and she's like, you know... The thing that's amazing about Alex is every other editor just looks for things that are wrong with a story and say no to things. And Alex is always like looking for the thing that's working and, and looking for the way that it can be made to work. And he's trying to say yes to the things. And he's saying, yes, let's explore that. Like, let's push that further. And she's like, and that's why he's the best editor I ever had. And I was like, yeah, pretty good. So, yes, but you do say yes, which is a great quality. And you just need someone to be
2: asking you into a lot of trouble in a good yeah. way, yeah. yeah. But also in a bad way.
0: Yeah. With the references on Matt as positive.
2: I, you know what? I never actually checked them. <laughs> I was like, I, I meant to, and then I like
1: just like we got too busy. That's not and I was true. Like, yeah. No, that's not true. You, you you did talk to people. I didn't. Yeah, you talked to Mark. Talked to Mark Phillips. Oh, I talked to Mark Phillips.
2: You oh, that's right. Him? And I, Graham. Yeah. And then, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. No, that's true. That's true. I did. I talked to I, 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 like not in the not in the in the in the formal way of like sort right. of like, but I did know people who knew him, and I did. I called Graham, the guy who introduced us, and I was like, I'm thinking about like starting a business with this guy. What do you think? And he was like, It was pretty universal. Like he's fairly beloved. Everybody's ever worked with. So yeah, and then everybody at WMIC
0: and. You really described the tension really well in one of the early episodes about the the partner agreement and the thoughts there. Has there been a moment, serious moment of tension between you guys since? Yeah,
2: absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Is there
0: one that comes to mind? Yeah, the name. The name. Oh, right. Yeah. The name.
2: Like, I was just worrying over the name. Mm -hmm. Just worrying and worrying and worrying about it. And I couldn't let it go. And it felt like it was big and important. and And... I mean, I'm afraid to admit this, but I'm still like I still like <laughs> wrestle with it. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting more and more comfortable with it, but it's like it's been like a and and I think Matt is just much more like decision done.
0: Let's move on. How does it feel to edit your life as you're living it? Or oh, you just used it's to. Exhausting. Is there is there a process where you you feel like you're like living it in order to edit in order for it to be on the show and then you're like, is this real?
2: <laughs> no. Or that doesn't happen. No, no, because it doesn't you can't sort of manufacture it really. Yeah. And that was that was sort of the exhausting thing um was like it's actual stress. Like you're actually panicked. You're actually feeling like, um is this the right decision? You actually can't sleep. Like it's all very, very real. And it's good drama for the podcast and so that's the one sort of silver lining but it's just exhausting it's exhausting to have to be living through all that stuff uh to make the the drama work <laughs> and so
1: that's been hard but it's not manufactured i mean that no. that is one yeah, yeah yeah the other day we were having there was some there's something happening and and we we're like with which we thought, oh, this may end up going into startup. We should record this. And I was, we we're in the middle of something that was like a fairly like uh, engaged conversation, and someone was like, oh, "No, stop talking. We have to record this." And PJ's just like, "We're not allowed to have feelings anymore, because <laughs> <laughs> like, you you have to like wait to have your feelings in front of the
0: microphone." Right. That's amazing. Last question: How are you guys thinking about building out your team? And this is a stump. You know, there are a lot of great. You know, uh, and talented people in the product on community. Who are you guys looking to hire? What's the process as as you're thinking about building out your team?
2: I think on the one hand, we need we're building one of the best sort of editorial content teams in 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 audio right now, and we have these ama- we have an amazing team so far. We have Lisa Chow as uh as, as is is going to be coming on and helping. Uh, Work on startup Mm -hmm. as the co-host of startup as we as we sort of go on and make make startup and you know sort of like expand that into into sort of beyond just our company. We have um, a former uh, producer from This American Life who's uh, coming on board. We have PJ and Alex. We have a bunch of and we have and so what we need um, we need production teams for all of them. So we're looking for super talented. Producers, uh, radio producers, audio producers, um, people who are comfortable like with maybe journalism backgrounds who can yeah. sort of record, um, go out in the fields, get good get good tape, know what that is, um, and then also help produce it, and. We we're hiring two right now, and then there's going to be more in the future as we ramp
1: up other shows. Well, we're really focused at this point in ge- getting these first three shows up and off the ground and growing those audiences. It, it really, I mean, to go back to your question of like, are you, are you a media company or a technology company? We're really focused right now on the media side of the business. Our community would die
0: to know this: is Startup going to be a broader tech podcast, or is it going to look into other startups and do similar
1: kind of analyses? <laughs> break. you're, really, you're breaking a lot of news on this podcast am I I guess I am <laughs> you, you,
0: yeah, it's you, not going to be out for uh, a few weeks yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, we can
1: edit anything yeah here. startup is going to continue uh, yeah. startup is going to continue and it's uh, it's going to f- uh, the idea is to follow other companies because one of the things that's been clear about this is that like there's a way to tell the, to cover business and the business of startups that's Um, Like really embedded and takes you deep inside how they work and shows you conversations that you don't ever get to hear. Yeah, so we've hired uh, this woman Lisa to be a co-host with Alex, who's an uh, amazing reporter, great reporter, great great host. And uh, she had come from um, Five Thirty Eight, where she was an editor, and and before that she was at Planet Money, and uh, she's going to co-host, and we're going to follow other companies.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you guys for for coming on. Uh, thank you. The startup podcast is is a personal favorite. What's great about it is that you know my you know sister and parents who aren't necessarily in the startup world are big fans of it, and you know me and all my friends and my investors are also fans of it. So <laughs>
2: amazing. Wow. yeah, that's the thing. I feel yeah. like it's, the, it's like if you're if you're in a startup and your family is like, "What do you do?" And then you can just like, yeah, this is what I do.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So now I'm here with PJ Vote and Alex Goldman, Goldman, Goldman from Reply All. Yeah. The first show, besides Startup, on Gimlet
4: Media. That's correct. The first show on Gimlet Media that's not about Gimlet Media. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Which is a huge step forward. <laughs> it's been very meta for a while now. Yeah. <laughs> that must be a ongoing joke.
0: What's not in the episode about how you got, you know, how you joined the company?
4: Oh, that's a good question.
3: Uh, I would say months of wondering when are they going to give us an offer? Talk to us about this. When are yeah, they going to the give us an offer? The main thing
4: was, like, Alex was, is, like, had never done anything, like, Alex Bloomberg had never done anything like this before. and was, like, so uh, excited. And so he'd be, like, yeah, it's, like, it could be, like, next week. And then I would go to Goldman and be, like, I think, he said next week, I think it'll be a few days. And Goldman would be, like, I think it'll be six months. And it was always a huge amount of time.
3: Every time... We had a meeting. He'd be like, "Hey, why don't we get together and just catch up and talk about stuff?" And I'll, I'll just give you the lay of the land right now. And PJ would be like, "This is it. This is it. We're moving on. We're gonna move into Gimlet. The- we're gonna we're gonna start our show. This is amazing. We're fi- everything's finally getting started." And then Alex would be like, "So yeah, I uh, got this guy Matt. We're gonna do. Um, we're gonna he's gonna be my co-founder basically." And then PJ'd be like,
4: "Yeah, and."
3: <laughs> And then he'd be like, yeah, so, um, yeah, well, how are you guys feeling?
4: <laughs> yeah. And then there's also just a lot of, like, a lot of things that I think he just didn't put in because it was too repetitive to start up, but just a lot of fear and, like, a lot of, like, how are we going to do this and is it going to be okay? Because I think if you're listening to Startup at that point, you're like, yeah, Startup's going to be fine. Who cares right. if these two schmoes and their dumb internet podcast, <laughs> like, who cares at all? But we cared. Yeah. So why did he take so long? I mean, you've
3: heard Alex on his show. I think that he just thought this was going to be easier than it was. I right. think it was. I think it's a lot harder to do this than than he thought it was. And so, and he and once Matt came on, Matt is really good about being realistic about managing people's <laughs> expectations. Whereas I think Alex is one of the things that makes him great and makes him great to work with is that he's super optimistic. So he was like, "Yeah, just you know, everything's going to be great." And then uh, Alex, and then Matt would be like. Mm. Let's not set a firm date. I will say that we're going to get this worked out as soon as we can. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is like now we're getting, uh, now we're getting a more realistic idea of what's happening. And I mean, it, it's, it, it, it's his his enthusiasm is great. I just think that he didn't realize what how big the hill he well, had to climb was.
4: Also, he would be telling us stuff. He'd be like, he'd be like, I'm going out to LA to pitch some investors, and we'd be so excited. <laughs> and then you come back and be like. And you'd be like, how'd it go? And you'd be like, ah, oh, I'm so excited about next year, and I'm going back out to L.A. And the way I understood that was, like, things are going so well. He has to go back into California to talk to even more people. And then we, like, heard Startup, and it was like, oh. Oh, this
3: was that botched uh, pitch he gave to Chris Saka. That's what that's what he went out to L.A. for and was that's so funny. excited by.
4: So tell us about Reply All. Um, it is a it's a podcast about the internet. Um, it is really focused on stories and, like, people and not very focused on, like, businesses. Like, it's, it's not a place where there's a lot of, like, this company's doing this because we don't understand that stuff. But it's, like, people doing strange or interesting or surprising or funny or sad things on the Internet. Did Alex say, hey, we want to do a show about this? No. So, no. we were doing a similar show, actually, at WOMAC before this called TLDR. And... It was, That was, like, sort of short narrative. Like, yep. we did a profile of a guy who wrote 100 songs every day for Spotify and had written, like, thousands of thousands of songs to make living that way. We did a profile of a guy who uh, told the whole internet his password after the heartbleed yeah. uh, bug to, like, show that you didn't have to worry. So it was like that, and Alex had heard that, and he liked it. And so it was sort of like, well, what could you do if you're making a show like that but with, like – um, you know Alex Bloomberg as an editor and like the resources to, like hire producers and stuff like what would be the if that was like a demo tape what would be the like album version of that show um, so we're trying to I mean we're trying to figure that out I don't know I think people that heard the first show are like yeah cool more, more I don't like I think it feels really different for us I don't know if it feels different for anybody listening
3: well we're doing a lot of stuff differently I think we're pushing ourselves harder our show's longer it used to we used to be between 10 and 14 this show has been between 15 and 20 minutes and uh, we're, like, scoring it. We're just doing stuff – we're doing –
4: we're reaching a little bit. Well, we're trying it sounds, to do more reporting. It stuff. sounds super tiny when it's like, oh, it was 14 minutes, now it's 20 minutes. But it takes us, like – every minute of radio is, like – Four hours. Yeah, four hours of production, basically. <laughs> wow. um, partly because we're inefficient. Partly because it's, like, we try to edit stuff way down. Mm-hmm. And we, like, write a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, though. I mean, if this thing works, if this company works, it'll be, like – I don't know. It'll be this room where like re- people who are really good get together and like have edits with you. Like so far, the edits here have been amazing. Um, like there's all these people with a lot of experience, and they're like throwing their best ideas at like the weird stuff we come up with. Uh, talk, tell me more about what if this works? Like, what what is the paradise or the ideal? Like, I mean, I think hopefully everybody. There's yeah. a bunch of this American lives that you know, like yeah, wh- that you could have that because like what I what I felt like as someone who loves podcasts. Um, is it someone will ask? They'll be like, "I love this American Life. I love Radio Lab. What else should I listen to?" And and th- there there's like a vast field of stuff. But they, I think people have this expectation that there is a ton. They're like, obviously, you know, I don't know that much. There must be so much more. And the list of things that are as good as those shows is actually pretty short. So if we could have, I don't know, 10? 10? This American Lives, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be pretty uh,
3: cool. Whenever I've been frustrated at my position in the world. All I've uh, every time I've said over and over again, I just want to be able to make ra- good radio with people I trust and like be left to my devices to do that. And if this works, <laughs> that's what I get. I like get a living wage. I can make radio that I'm proud of with people that I trust. and like to me that is that is its own fantastic reward i, I Everything is there, basically, except for my security that it's going to continue because this is like a big leap. So who knows if we can't figure out a sustainable like if we can't figure out how to sustain the business of it, then, you know, maybe it'll go away. But hopefully it'll just grow to tend this American lives or whatever. Life's is like this. <laughs>
4: Like, I was an intern at The Smaring Life a million years ago, and they have this, like, editing culture that's really crazy. Like, they'll, someone will do a story, they'll drag three people into a room, they'll play it for those people, and all those people will have, like, both great notes about how to fix it, but also the, like, oh, I'm hearing this for the first time, this confused me, this confused me. And, and so they'll do, like, a lot of versions of that, bringing in people who's, Bring in people who have been listening to the story the whole time, but also bring in people who up to that point haven't heard it. And it's very rigorous. And I think that's a lot of why that show is so good. Most shows don't work that way. Most shows are more like hierarchical and how things get edited. And it's been interesting watching Alex try to build that edit room here. Like, to me, the idea, like, for listeners, it would be cool to have 10 great shows. But for someone making shows, the idea that you would have that edit room and it would get bigger and bigger with like better and better people. As as someone who hasn't been in radio, it's hard
0: for me to imagine what the editing process – or how different you – know, how you work with startup and how they work with your show.
3: But the way you I – I could tell you. Yeah. B- tell basically, it. when Alex is finished with a script, he sits down with us and he puts his computer on a chair and stands in front of the chair and plays each piece of tape, reads us the script, plays the next piece of tape, reads us the script, plays the next piece of tape, and we take notes. And at the end, we say, these are the parts that worked. These are the parts that didn't work. We – fight over it for a while, and then he says, okay, good notes, and then he goes back and incorporates the stuff that he likes into the thing, and he does the same to us, and that's the culture he comes from. It is definitely not the culture that I came from for editing. At our old show, the way that we edited is, I would write a script, I would hand it to PJ, and he would read it as written, he wouldn't hear the tape, I would go get a sandwich, (laughs) and I'd come back, and he'd be like, alright, I edited it. Um, (laughs) This is a much... This is much more like a trial by fire. It's like walking across hot coals, but it's like it makes you run, it makes you walk a lot faster. Because right. like you think
4: you, you've written this great script, you have these great interviews, and you're like, all right, let, like I had an edit today where I was so confident. I was like, this thing is funny, it's engaging, it's great. And then I went to this thing and I was like playing the tape and reading the script, and it was just people were just like, no one was laughing where I thought they were going to be laughing. They were and like, then
3: at the end, everybody was like, hmm. You know, that's like that the worst that's pause. the worst uh, response you can get. Uh, huh. I think <laughs> okay. it's
4: going to be good. <laughs>
3: Look, every, it's all there. That's like that's like the worst insult you can get. It's all there. We're going to get there.
4: Don't worry about but, it. We're going to get but there. But sucking in an edit room is what stops you from sucking hopefully like on the radio. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and thinking that you've done something great when you really.
3: I want you to keep doing this. I do have to run. Okay. Cool, cool. But keep doing the interview. It was very yeah, really nice to meet you.
4: Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. Alex Goldman out. Yeah, yeah. How many months do you have guaranteed? Oh my God. Zero. And it was something we've, I mean, we talked to them. We were like, look, Alex, Alex is about to have a kid. Um, Alex is going to have a kid in February. And, um, yeah, we were like, guys, can you just like a year, like just, we just want to know we'll have a job. And they said, no. And they said (laughs) like, it'd be a lie because we're a startup. Like we could not exist in three months. Like we, we don't want, we don't want to give you the idea that you have security because you don't like, this is a leap of faith. And if you want to take it, you should. I think we're going to be okay, though. I mean, I hope. <laughs> and if you if it didn't, could you go back to your old thing? No. No. If it doesn't work out... What are you thinking? I don't know. We left like a very secure jobs at a very great public radio station. I talked to my dad about it before we did it, and he was like, well, make a good show, and if you can make a good show and the business fails, the next idiot with a big idea, he'll hire <laughs> you. And I, But, right. I mean... It's also like Alex and I like making money together. We're what Goldman has this weird faith that things will work out. I have none. I just have stress dreams. But what do you think Alex is most scared of? Bloomberg or Goldman? Bloomberg. I don't know because he hides it. Like he's like, you don't catch him freaking out very often. You hear it in the show, but you don't. Not in the office. I mean, for him, he's said a couple times. At this point, it looks really possible that like the business model stuff, we could be right about that. Like we could be able to fund this. Like, listeners are showing up, advertisers are excited. He wants to figure out like the the best shows have this level of attention to detail that is fucking insane. It's like you right. want to go home, and somebody, whether it's Ira or Alex or Jad, is like, no, nope, we're gonna stay till three a.m. We're gonna edit this like the, these five seconds for two more hours and. And it's going to be worth it. And when you're working for one of those people, you feel like, just let me go home. Like, you're insane. And when you're in charge of making the thing good, you're like, no, no, no. Like, you have to stay. Uh. So how do you get 10 shows to operate at that level of OCD? And, like, how do you keep quality control and, like, precision? And I think it's hard.
0: Are you guys seen as, like, renegades on the radio scene? you know is Ira a fan or the NPR People are huge fans and Ira is a fan supporters. which is
4: awesome uh he's he said it a couple times actually we we won an award um a couple of months ago that he judged and it was like cool. radio is a great place to work mm-hmm. uh it's also a terrible place to work because mm-hmm. if you if you love public radio there's not a lot of employer competition so people can feel kind of like stuck um you like you're so happy to get in the door and they're like what do you want to do next or you're like what can I do next and they're like Well, we're kind of like good on hosts. Um, (laughs) People at our level in the system, they're looking at us wondering, have we done something very stupid? And if not, then they... I think people want us to succeed because it'll it'll be better for producers. Right now, everything is friendly. Everyone's trying to build these like podcasting empires, but there's enough growth that no one's like super bloodthirsty. That's interesting. Uh, This might be like, is Howard Stern like think that he could like do something similar? Does he care? I wonder about this so much. So Howard Stern has this deal. He left Terrestrial Radio and it was like he could go to Sirius or XM radio. And Sirius was like the kind of like underdog and he went to Sirius because I think he made the calculation like they will give him millions and millions of dollars because they their business will rely on him. And Sirius beat XM. Like they did a merger but like Sirius won. I think for somebody like him, like he would be so expensive for a company like Gimlet to get that like they they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to afford him or if they could th- they wouldn't make money off of him like their success depends on right now at least finding people who they think are good but like green like us yeah and then like making us really good I don't know it, one of the other things that's curious is like some of those giants d- aren't interested in building like the equivalent of a record label and some right. of them are a- Alex is a weird um he's like unique in that. He's really good at making it, but he also likes to teach and is like good at teaching it and also like thinks that it's fun to take bumbling like Keystone cops like me and Alex and like right. t- teach us how to actually do this thing. He has a lot of skills that like you see in individual people but you don't usually see in one person. Like when he talks about radio, he makes it seem not that hard. <laughs> but it's super hard. Right. Like I've been do- I'm I'm 29. I've been doing radio for uh 7 years and I and I feel like Totally in over my head. Like I feel totally like like I just got into like grad school, but didn't go to college, and like I'm like not sleeping. I'm like working my ass off to just like keep pace with this place. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has this sort of like he's like oh no no, no 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 it's it's all gonna be fine. Everybody can do it. Like that that's a weird skill. Like that's when true. he's talking to you, you think it's gonna work out. Yeah. Like we had an edit today for for an episode that's gonna go on, on Wednesday. That right now I hate. I think it sucks. I think when it comes out, people are going to stop listening to our show. They're just going to be like, oh, I thought this was good, but it's not. (laughs) And he was like, no, 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 by Wednesday, by Monday, this will be in good shape. And because he says it and he's so good, you believe it. Mm -hmm. And because you believe it, you make it true. It's like a weird Jedi mind trick. Yeah, self-fulfilling prophecy. Are the people you'd expect to be good in radio, like when you hear them
0: talk, the people who are good in radio?
4: No. I mean, it's like, I mean, sometimes. It's like you can be good because... like, um, like Starley kind's good because for a lot of reasons, but one of the things is she can go into a story that looks from the outside, like totally boring and the thoughts she'll have about it will make it really good. And the fact that she's someone who you just start, you're like secrets are coming out of my yeah. mouth. Um, and that's like knowing what questions to ask and being patient and being able to listen. It's hard to tell if someone's going to have that. A lot of it's, like, literally going in and editing tape, which is, like, this super specific arcane skill that, like, <laughs> no one comes into radio with. I used to sit behind radio editors and just, like, watch them and be like, why'd you cut that like but keep that um? Like, I thought there was a formula, which there's not. It's, like, feeling. Like, story structure is really important, and that's really hard. It's, I think the reason Alex is confident is because it is a learnable skill, but it's just, like, a hard-learned skill. Um And you watch people more so than like writing or reporting or like print stuff. You watch people like who really have not figured out anything and then they just like jump and they get so good in a year. Like Ira has this tape of him before he'd figured it out. Yeah, I saw that video. It's so boring. It's so bad. (laughs) Um, And then somehow things click and like you figure out how to get out of your own way or whatever. So I have two related questions to that. One is how can
0: one test? If one has the potential to be good, is it pretty much just up to you know just do it and then let people judge it? <laughs> yeah, I I don't think I think like if I'm personally curious.
4: Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's like being tall in basketball. Like I don't think yeah. there's that much inherent stuff. I think it's like literally like the people who tend to ask those questions, the how can I be good questions, like they have the thing which is like they want to be right. And there's and actually radio, unlike other things. Everyone is super transparent about what they think their tricks are. Like, there's this website called Transom, which is like a public radio. Like, so you're getting started in public radio, and half of it is stuff like use this mic or use this mic, which I yeah. never learned. Mm-hmm. But there's also like Alex Bloomberg saying, doing a, a manifesto, like an essay about making radio, where he's like, "Here's how I learned how to ask people questions. They talk like humans instead of experts." And like Nancy Updike, who is one of the greatest writers, but also one of the greatest radio writers, being like, "Here's how you write for radio." Just so you, and it's like. They talk about it like it's like building an IKEA table, right? Or like making a cake. Like they give you, it's insane. There's no other place like Phil Broth isn't like. Here's how I write a paragraph. So yeah. it's good. Like right. everyone else wants to mystify what they're doing. Radio, and you and by like you consume the stuff you like, and you, then you rip it off shamelessly. Mm-hmm. Like, oh boy, one of my fears <laughs> is that at some point someone's going to take apart one of our episodes and be like, "Here's where they're ripping off this person." That's funny. <laughs> you know, who are some of your favorite podcasts? I, I mean, I love, like, I grew up, like, really in, like, the church of this American life. I love them. Um, but I listen to a lot of stuff. So Radio Lab's great. 99% Invisible is great. There's this one called Song Exploder by this guy, <laughs> Rishikesh Hurway, which is interviews with musicians, which, like, musicians are the worst. They're so boring. They don't want to explain why they're good. And he just, like, he's a musician, and he'll ask them super specific questions. Like, why'd you pick that drum sound in the instead of that drum sound? Which seems boring. But for some reason, they give them, like, really good answers about... And they're they're like, okay, secretly, here's what this song is actually about. Which is, like, all you ever want to hear a musician say. Yeah. Um, we listen to a lot of comedy stuff. Uh, like The Nerdist, or... I love Nerdist stuff. I love Nerdist. I love Comedy Bang Bang. What the fuck? Uh, Mark Maron's an amazing interviewer. He's incredible. Have you ever heard You Made It Weird? No, who's that? It's this guy, Pete Holmes. I think he started out basically, basically like, wanting to be Mark Maron. But instead of being, like bitter and sad. He's like super <laughs> chipper in like a, a sort of his own neurotic way. Mm-hmm. He was a virgin until he was like 24, then got married to the first girl he had sex with. <laughs> then she divorced him. No, she cheated on him with a guy named Rocco from Staten Island. Jesus. <laughs> so he, they break up and then he like stops being a Christian and starts trying drugs <laughs> and having sex. And this interview series, is like him figuring out that world. Oh my God. And he got kind of famous. Like he got a late night show after Conan while he was making it. And so it's also like someone dealing with celebrity it's great wow I mean stuff where it's like people talking where you listen to it and afterwards you're like it like stays in your head or you like ask somebody about it or it fits into your brain the way like stories your friends tell you let's brain. talk about Mark Marin for a second because yeah. I've listened
0: to so many episodes recently he's incredible he's incredible and he was he had Ira Glass on an episode I don't yeah yeah, yeah and they were comparing you know strategies and Mark's like this is totally
4: improvised Ira's not an improviser. I, I mean, he improvises in the moment, but he has a plan. Mark, I can't remember if Ira said this to him or if somebody else said this to him, but somebody said that they thought Mark's strategy, which I think is right, is he goes up to somebody and he throws his idea of the person at the person. So yeah. he'll be like, I think, I always thought you were one of those like, guys who was like a sketch comedy guy who thought he was too cool for stand-up, and you seemed kind of rich, and like, where are you from? You seem like your parents are divorced. <laughs> and that works. Yeah, it does. Because people are like, no, 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 you got it wrong. You think I'm like this, and yeah. they really explain themselves. And it also helps because one of the things that every radio story needs is like, why should anyone give a shit about this? And Mark Marin has so much feeling towards everybody he talks to. <laughs>
0: right. I'm gonna bring this full circle. In the beginning. what's your perception of, or what has been your perception of the tech world, of you know the, the
4: investors and startup world, and that sort I of mean, process? For me, I didn't like. The the part of the tech world that Alex brings in to with startup, I knew nothing about. I knew nothing about investors or angel investors or people who started companies, and I I didn't think of them as like people very much. Uh, I thought of them as like giants or dicks or whatever. And it's been nice. It's been like humanizing. But the I don't know. We more deal with like the internet as like a giant swelling mob. And uh, and the good thing about doing our show is like those people see more like people when you talk to them rather than like seeing them online. Yeah, but yeah, it's interesting. Like I, I feel like I know a little bit more about who like Chris Saka is now.
0: Yeah, I and mean, Chris Saka is a is a fascinating person. He has an interview with Kevin Rose, Kevin yeah. Rose from Google Ventures. Yeah, he has a show called Foundations, and uh, the show is great. But some people come on and they're kind of very PRy, you know, they, they don't give a lot. And Chris Saka is very human and very revealing. And uh, but to take a full circle, uh, I've been interested kind of a long, you know, a hobby in the future of doing a Mark Marin style show uh, about people in technology and, and business. Yeah. Because people are so um, often have to be, you know, have to have a very public, everything's great, <laughs> everything's good. And that's a huge problem actually in startups is that, you know, everyone's failing, but everyone has to put on this face all the time and so they're depressed and, you know, it's kind of this epic, uh, you know, lack of understanding. <laughs>
4: but how do you get those people to be honest?
0: One idea is to catch them at the right time, so <laughs> either before they're before things are too big, yeah. So catching them early, yeah, um, or catching them after it's all kind of gone, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit. Um, that, that's one angle. Another is um, you know explaining the problem that you know you're doing a service to other founders who don't know how difficult it is or what what the process is actually like. And
4: yeah, I also think it's like if you can get a few people to do it. Like people know that when people actually go on Mark Maron because now they have like, they're like, fuck, I need to like come out of the closet. Like I'm going here to do that because that's the place where you do that. And if your show becomes the place where people are honest, people who don't want to do that won't go. And people who do want to do it. Because it's also he you feel like he's a person you can trust. Like he's not going to he's confrontational, but he's not it's not like 45 minutes and he's going to do some weird fucking gotcha to you. Like he's I think that could work. I mean ultimately a people also go on Marion cuz they're looking to
0: promote something or get views and he's got he's got a community of he's people. got a million downloads per episode. Oh my god. Well cool. Thank you for coming on and chatting with me. This is uh this super super inspiring to me as a fan.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for taking the time. Absolutely.